With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. I'm your host, Benjamin Wargle, the Wisconsin football and men's basketball beat writer for BadgerBlitz.com of the Rivals Network. And a thought occurred to me late Thursday night as I drove home from the Kohl's Center. I got about a 30-minute drive, and that allows me to kind of reflect on the game I just watched and kind of make some mental notes for things coming up involving the game. And it occurred to me that this Badger basketball team, with so many seniors and so much experience on it, had to have made a deal last January of 2020 with the dark side. And that deal was, if you let us get hot here and make a run towards the Big Ten Championship, get some momentum in March, and then we can make this deep run into the NCAA tournament and maybe win the darn thing, we'll mortgage our future. We don't. We will be fine with whatever happens in 2020, 2021 next season. Just give us this one. And the dark side said, okay, Wisconsin, you got a deal. The Badgers got hot. They went 9-1 down the stretch. They won their final eight games to win a share of the Big Ten regular season championship. They went into the Big Ten tournament as the number one seed. And then the dark side pulled the rug from out underneath them with this damn coronavirus. They canceled the Big Ten tournament. They canceled the NCAA tournament. And then they held this deal over Wisconsin's head. That's the only thing I can come up with as to why Wisconsin basketball, with all these seniors, all this talent, can't put together a concise, solid, complete 40 minutes of basketball. And we saw it again on Thursday when the Badgers were down 11 points within the first five minutes of the game. They dug themselves an incredibly deep hole against the most offensively efficient team in the country. And a team that has issues defensively. And Wisconsin was able to exploit that in the second half, at least the start of it, when they started hitting shots. But then the same old script happened, and Wisconsin forgot how to shoot the basketball and just kind of withered away as Iowa took over the game and won handily 77-62. We're going to dive into that a little bit and kind of see what this means for Wisconsin here. They have a big game tomorrow against Northwestern in Evanston. And I say it's a big game because Northwestern, hasn't won a Big Ten game in eons. They've lost 12 straight. And it's a big game because after this road game tomorrow, Wisconsin hosts Illinois, then they go to Purdue, and then they have Iowa on the road, their final three games before the Big Ten tournament. And the Badgers right now are showing no signs of coming out of this slump and being able to beat a good team. Wisconsin's signature win in Big Ten play is against... Exactly. You can't name one because the teams they have beaten in Big Ten are kind of right in the middle of the pack. They, their best win might be at Rutgers, and that's, to me, really not saying a heck of a lot. This Wisconsin team, for whatever reason, cannot figure out how to get out of this rut that they're currently in. They've shot under 40% for three straight games. They look lost defensively at points, and they really can't put together a performance that is good from start to finish. We saw it against Michigan, where Wisconsin looked like world beers in the first half. In the second half, they couldn't buy a bucket. 
You look at the first half against Iowa. Wisconsin was horrid at the rim. The Badgers could not make layups. The Badgers were 5 for 12 on layups. They started 3 for 22 from the floor, including 1 for 15 on two-point shots. They finished the first half 9 for 36 from the floor and 5 for 14 from three-point range. The 5 for 14 actually looks pretty good considering the three-point issues that this team has had. But the Hawkeyes are ranked 108th in the country in adjusted defensive efficiency. And the Badgers going 2 for 10 on layups in the first half and averaging less than a point per possession was a huge missed opportunity. And again, these are good looks that Wisconsin is taking for the most part. I will say that I thought guys were pressing a little bit more on Thursday. Maybe you noticed that if you watched the game from home, if you could stomach it. Part of the reason was Trevor Anderson, Wisconsin's uh, senior guard, who really does a great job running the point when Demetri Trice needs a break, was out with what was classified as an upper body injury. So that put more pressure on guys like Demetri Trice to play more minutes, Jonathan Davis to play a lot more minutes, Aleem Ford maybe felt that he needed to score a little bit more, and both Aleem Ford and Jonathan Davis forced a ton of shots. Demetri Trice got stone cold the final 35-plus minutes of this game. There was just no real sense of anyone on this team being able to take control until the second half when Brad Davison started hitting some shots. And that's been the one player who's been kind of off kilter for the longest. He really hasn't played a great game since Christmas Day against Michigan State, but he hit a ton of three-pointers, a ton of clutch three-pointers to help keep Wisconsin in the game. He was 5-for-8 from three-point range. His 15 points was the most he'd scored, I believe, since the conference opener against Nebraska. But the problem with Wisconsin right now is that they can't, they just can't make those clutch plays. You look at the game on uh, Sunday, last Sunday against Michigan with Hunter Dickinson. Dickinson had four offensive rebounds in the last six and a half minutes that led to nine second chance points for the Wolverines. Nate Reavers and Micah Potter didn't have a rebound, any kind of rebound. Reavers started, and it was the first time in 85 games that a starting forward for Wisconsin did not have a rebound. All five starters in 27 of the last 29 games entering the Michigan game had at least a rebound. Happened twice this year with uh, Demetri Trice in a game and Brad Davison in a game. It just is, it's like you have to try as a forward not to get a rebound. And you look at this game, the Badgers were more opportunistic on the glass. They, Iowa led the conference in rebounding, 40.9 per game, second in offensive rebounding at 12.3. And the Badgers, 17-7 edge on the offensive glass against the Hawkeyes. But still, despite Iowa giving up 10 offensive rebounds, 10 more offensive rebounds to Wisconsin, they still managed to outgame Wisconsin 10-4 in second chance points. That's part of the reason why the Badgers attempted 19 more shots than the Hawkeyes, and they still lost by 17 points, or 15 points, excuse me. It's just one of those bizarre things where Wisconsin cannot make those clutch plays. And Iowa did. You have to give the Hawkeyes credit in this game because Wisconsin was able to kind of chop this this massive double-digit lead for the majority of the game down to just about six, six points right before half, but then Iowa makes a huge three-pointer going to the locker room to lead by nine. You look at the second half, Wisconsin was able to close the game to three points, and then Iowa makes a huge three coming out of a timeout. Uh, Joe Wieskamp, 6'6", junior, he scored 17 points, hit five of six, on his three-point shots. Iowa was 12 for 19 from the perimeter. Uh, you know, Brad Davison, like I said, he was probably the hottest player Wisconsin had in the second half. 
Wieskamp was able to counter one of Davison's three-pointers on the run that kind of pushed the lead uh, back up to nine. Uh, he had uh, three point, his 3.2 possessions layer was really, really kind of the big turning point for Wisconsin. UW had the ball coming out of a timeout down six, but Demetri Trace made a bad pass that led the Luis campaign a three-pointer in rhythm off a screen that put Iowa up 61-52, and the Badgers got no closer than that. And Iowa just ran away from this game because Wisconsin down the stretch was bad. They were they looked really bad. Two for of their last two of their last thirteen Wisconsin was from the field, including on one possession they missed five three pointers on one possession. I mean, how does that happen? Iowa went eight of their last nine because good teams find a way to close out games. And Wisconsin is not a good team right now. I would say they are an average team, even though they're ranked 21 in the country. Five and five in their last five games. And so many players right now are struggling shooting the ball. Demetri Trice missed at least 10 shots for the second time in three games. He was three of 15 from the floor. Aleem Ford, two of 10. Tyler Wall, 0 for 6 in 23 minutes. Brad Davison probably shot the best. He was five of 11. Uh, in terms of the starters, Michael Potter had the best game, 8 of 15, uh, 23 points, 11 rebounds to a three-pointer at the buzzer, too. He was just minus four in the plus-minus. That was the best of the seven rotation players that played. But still, it's it's the same stuff that Wisconsin's doing. They're not boxing out and making the critical plays. Nate Reavers was manhandled by Luca Garza in this game. Garza, the All-American, scored 30 points. And was efficient. 11 of 19 from the field, 4 of 6 from 3, 4 of 5 from the free throw line. And you kind of knew that was going to happen. I mean, you look at this season for Wisconsin, look at how many post players have taken advantage of the Badgers. It's it's a long list, including what Hunter Dickinson did. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's, it's one of these things where Wisconsin, for whatever reason, despite all this talent on their roster, is not a great team. A couple other things to know in this game. Wisconsin shot 30% from the field. That's their lowest shooting of the season. 26 points off the bench, but just, th- just tw- three, 23 of those came from Micah Potter. Jonathan Davis, three points, one for nine shooting. I mentioned the offensive rebounds. I mentioned the layups, four for 15. Wisconsin trailed... For 38 minutes and 19 seconds in this game. They only led for 47 seconds. When after Brad Davison hit a three on the second possession. You know, average less than a point per possession. 21 of 70 Wisconsin was from the field. And it's just these prolonged scoring droughts that have really hurt the Badgers in these games. Because against these good teams, against number three Michigan, number 11 Iowa, uh, Illinois, whatever they were ranked. Wisconsin just goes into these droughts. And good teams take advantage because these good teams that Wisconsin is playing have this chemistry, this synergy, and this togetherness to make plays, to create plays for themselves that Wisconsin has been unable to do. How many years have we talked about, for those that follow the Badgers for a long time, Wisconsin basketball making more free throws than their opponents attempt? This season, Wisconsin, yeah, they're built a little bit differently. They don't have... You know, those dominant post players that they've had in years past, especially since Wisconsin typically has not played 
two players in the low posts over the last several games. That's by design. It's not because Wisconsin doesn't have the talent, quote-unquote, in the low post, but because many teams in the Big Ten this year have these four-guard lineups, and having Reavers and Powder on the floor at the same time makes Wisconsin somewhat of a defensive liability. And we've seen that at, at times this year where Wisconsin just is slow to react. But back to the original point, Wisconsin, these guards on the Badgers have not had the ability to draw fouls and neither really have Potter and Reavers. There's too much rushing in the low post for these players. I mean, that's evident by the 4-15 from uh, on layups. Another, It was also a bad number against Michigan. I think it was 5 of 12 on layups or 5 of 14, something like that. Wisconsin just 7 of 12 from the line, 3 of 6 in the second half, 58.3%. Iowa, 13 for 19. All of those coming in the second half. Iowa found a way to get to the line and to close out the game. That's not the main problem, though. I mean, the main problem has been the shooting, and it's a number of guys. And we've talked to the players, and the players are sick of hearing about it. I'm going to play Michael Powers' post-game press conference for you here in just a second. That's you know the first question. We have to apologize to these guys because that's – all we've been asking about them. But when you shoot 30% from the field, it, it becomes an issue. And you look at the players on this roster. We'll just talk about the starting five. Brad Davison entered this season shooting 39.5% for his career from the floor and 35.4% from three-point range. This season, he's 32.4% overall, and that dips to 30.1% conference play. Lean forward. 40.2% career shooter, 35.2% from three. He's down to 33.7% from three-point range this season. Micah Potter, last season on that toward run towards the Big Ten Championship, 52.8% last season, 45% from three-point play, three-point range, excuse me. Potter, 30.2% from three-point range in conference play, 43.8% in Big Ten play. Nate Reavers, career shooter, 43.4% and 33.7% from three-point range. 16.7% Nate Reavers is from three in conference play. Five of 30 behind the arc, and his shooting percentage is down to 41%. Demetri Trice, Wisconsin's best player through the first 10, 12 games of the season, shooting 38.2% from the floor in his career. Now he's down to 33.3% in Big Ten conference play from the perimeter. It's everybody. Everybody is taking a big step back this season for Wisconsin, and no one has a good explanation for it. Here is Micah Potter speaking to the media post-game to try to make sense of Wisconsin's struggles and how the Badgers need to be able to stick together here to try to find something they can latch onto for the final four games of the regular season. I know we've asked you guys about shooting countless times, but we have to again tonight. In particular, though, finishing at the rim. It, it was an issue against Michigan, and it was an issue against tonight. When you guys have talked to the coaches, what have been some of the things they've noticed, the inability for guys to finish in, in close? I've said this multiple times. Um, you know, it, it, patience is a big thing. Um, you know, I, I feel like in the first half, guys tend to, and even in the second, the entire game, like guys can get rushed. Um Playing at your own pace in the post or inside the paint is huge. Um, doing working your own game, not letting the defense affect you, and if they do, make sure it's a foul. Um, so the biggest thing is we just gotta, you know, be patient in the post, be confident in our ability to finish inside, um, go through contact, and you know, because we need to initiate the contact, um, do anything we can, because you know, and it's something too. Like if sometimes it's just not your night and shots don't fall and your touch isn't quite working. 
Um, what you got to do then is just get to the free throw line, initiate that contact, try to get into them, um, get to the free throw line, get your confidence going. Because if you see one go in, it helps a lot of other stuff go in. Um, so we got to be better. We got to continue to work on it and practice. Um, but you know, it's, it's just one of those things. And against a team like Iowa with the offense that they have, you got to be able to finish inside. So it's just something we got to continue to work on. Mike, we talked yesterday to you about the difficulty in guarding Garza. It was mostly just keeping him out of the post. Um, the thing he's added to his game this year even, even more is the three-point shot. How much more difficult does that make him to contain when he can pop out and do that? Well, he sets good screens. When I mean, you set good screens, it, it allows you to get open more. Um, it makes it harder for the guard to um, get over, obviously, and get back in front of his man. And then, you know, the big man can be left in limbo. You know, he's just not sure because you don't want to give up a layup, which is a super high percentage shot compared to a three. And, you know, and obviously, you know, just this year specifically, I mean, he had it last year, but this year specifically he's gotten a lot better. Um, and it's just one of those things. I mean, he's up for National Player of the Year, and he's average. He's a leading scorer in the country. So it's just one of those things where, you know, it's we got to be better with it. We got to be better, you know, communicating about screens. We got to be better getting over the screens. We got to be better with, you know, making decisions on when when to leave and get back. You know, I'm, I'm at fault with that, and we're all at fault. We got to work on it. We got to be better, especially with a guy like that. So something we'll be working on, and got to continue to get better at. Uh, Mike, uh, it's not just the, it wasn't just the inside. Scoring in the first half, scoring at the rim, it was a three-point shooting as well. Uh, the same thing kind of hurts you in the second half against Michigan. What, what? Uh, how frustrating are these fairly long scoring droughts getting? <laughs> Very frustrating. Um, but honestly, it's one of the, we we have to stick together. That's a big thing. We we, you know, you can't feel sorry for yourself because then it's just going to get worse. You know, it's something we talked about, and we just got to stay positive with everything. Um, some, it's not going to be your night sometimes, and sometimes you're not going to shoot well. But you know what? Shoot, we got it back within four. You know, your game, basketball is a game of runs. You're going to go through some slumps in the game, but then you'll get hot at some points. I think Brad hit like three straight or something like that, and I think I hit one or something, whatever it was. So some, it's just a, it's a game of runs. So you got to make sure that, you know, you're just staying positive and shooting the next shot and staying confident. You know, it's part of the game, and, um, you know, it's – Moving forward, we gotta we gotta continue to be better. I mean, we've been working on it in practice, our shooting, and all those kinds of things. And it's just one of those things where you just stay positive and keep stay confident. That's all you can do. Micah, Iowa's offense is obviously very good, probably the best in the country. Did you feel like you guys did enough defensively to win the game tonight? Uh, clearly not. Um, but I mean, there were little things um, that were you know we're gonna have to go back and watch the film on the game uh, tomorrow. Um, when we come in, but um, you know, it's just you, you you have to be very close to perfect against a team like that. I think they're number one in the country in terms of efficiency. Um, so it's it's you got to be you got to match that. Um, and so, regardless, obviously, with shooting struggles that we had today and finishing struggles at certain points in the game, you got to be even better defensively. Um, so I mean, we had them where we wanted them. We brought it back. We, they went on some runs. We came back on some runs. Um, and it's just little little mistakes that happen that can kind of give them momentum back um and you know we just that we that we can't let happen um so we'll watch the film we'll figure it out we'll talk about it and we play them again so we got to make sure we're better the next game hey mike it seemed like you you had a double double tonight it seemed like you came out and were super aggressive attacking the boards was there something you came into the game with a mindset of just trying to be more aggressive yeah um it's a big thing um just trying to play mad and play angry um like no one's gonna take anything from me um 
you know, it's, but, you know, at the same time, you got to make sure that, you know, we're, you know, doing everything else all the time. Um, you know, being aggressive, but also making sure that you're not being too aggressive and, you know, turning ball, the ball over or making the wrong play. It's just making sure that you're staying um, aggressive, but making sure you're making the right play as well. But yeah, I, I you know, try to come out aggressive and, um, you know, but wasn't enough. I hear you mentioned, mentioned trying to stay positive and not feel sorry for yourself. I'm just curious, what was the tone of the message delivered by Greg or any of the assistants in the locker room after this game? That's exactly what I said. No one's going to feel sorry for us. Um, we can't feel sorry for ourselves. We've got to finish out the season. We've got a Big Ten tournament and an NCAA tournament after that. So um, still got, you know, hopefully a long season left. And um, the only thing you can do is stay positive. No one's feeling sorry for us. We can't feel sorry for ourselves because, like I said earlier, if you do that, then everything else is just going to get worse. Um, and we can't make the excuse of, you know, oh, pandemic, no fans. Like, it's an excuse at this point. we got to be better. People have been able to adjust to it. we got to be able to adjust to it. And, you know, it's just one of those things, staying positive, staying together, um, and, and learning and continuing to get better. Then again, Micah Potter speaking Thursday with the media following Wisconsin's loss to Iowa. And, you know, Wisconsin was ranked as high as four during the early weeks of the season. And they're averaging 78.7 points per game, shooting over 46% from the floor, over 43% from three. Defensively, they're holding teams to about 58.1 points, under 37% from the floor, under 32% from three. Now, those numbers generally tighten during conference play with the familiarity between teams. And the league is so good this year that you knew Wisconsin wasn't going to be able to average nearly 80 points per game. But still, the numbers have just gone off a cliff. They're down to 66 points offensively. So down 12.6 points from where they were. Shooting under 41%, under 33% from three. Opponents, however, this is kind of the glaring stat. They're averaging 65.4 points. That's up 7.3 from non-conference play. Shooting 43% overall and 34% from three. And this is a team that played a lot of basketball together last season. A lot of minutes. There's a lot of familiarity with this offense, with this defensive scheme, and everything to this point seems to be broken. However... There is some good news. We're going to leave with good news today because you look around the Big Ten, you look around the nation. Michigan State is on the outside of the tournament looking in. Duke is on the outside of the tournament looking in. Kentucky is probably not going to make the tournament. North Carolina is on the edge. There's a lot of really good blue blood teams who are not playing well this season. And Wisconsin, for as poorly as they played over the last 10 games going 5-5, and they still sit in relatively good shape to make the NCAA tournament for the 21st time in the last 22 tournaments. Now, they're 15-8 overall, 9-7 Big Ten play. You look at the NCAA net rankings, they're ranked 22nd. So that kind of puts them, if they go by the true S-curve, which is going to play a big part this year with no uh, tournament sites other than in and around Indianapolis. There are no four uh, geographic regions. That Wisconsin's probably going to be in that six-seed range. They're 8-8 eight and eight in games that fall in Quadrant 1 and Quadrant 2. And they're going to have three more of those Quad 1 games coming up here uh, in the regular season. They have no losses that are considered bad losses by the committee. Now, you look also at the non-conference portion of their schedule. Wisconsin have played their seven games. They got their full allotment in, and they have two wins over top 35 net teams. Loyola Chicago is number 15 in the net. That's Wisconsin's best win to date in that game that was a late addition following the the canceled game by Northern Iowa. And then the victory over uh, Louisville. Louisville is number 33 in the net, and that was a stripped-down Louisville team. 
because they were coming off COVID and missing some of their big players, but a win is a win for Wisconsin in that sense. So, you know, Wisconsin has work to do, obviously. Northwestern is number 86 in the net. That would be considered a bad loss, in my opinion. Final three games, home against Illinois. They're fourth in the net. Purdue is number 27 in the net. And a rematch with Iowa is number five in the net. And all these players have talked about is being able to get ready for March. But it seems like these players are just ready for the end of the season. That this has been a long grind for these guys, having to really isolate with just themselves, not taking part in their usual uh, college atmosphere, college life. They don't have the atmosphere of the Kohl Center, which I think has really hurt Wisconsin. And with this Badger team, they've not been able to adjust to that while other teams have been able to. It's just one of these weird years that I don't think Wisconsin mentally is was prepared for. And they've been tr- having trouble kind of fighting through that. At least that's my take from the outside looking in. And, you know, against Northwestern here, Northwestern, this game... The Badgers earlier this year when Wisconsin won, it was probably their easiest Big Ten win uh, of the season. Wisconsin shot 43.6%. They hit 10 three-pointers, 10 of 11 from the line. They held Northwestern under 42%. They had balanced scoring. Micah Potter, 14 points. Trice, 12. Davison, 11. Uh, Tyler Wall had a career high uh, with a double-double in the game, too. So Wisconsin had balanced scoring in the game. They did a lot of really good things that would lead you to believe that Wisconsin should feel pretty confident going into this game. But I don't think the Badgers can play, have confidence against anybody right now. Even though Northwestern's lost 12 straight games, including that 16-point loss last month, they aren't a pushover. Northwestern lost in double overtime to Indiana uh, 10 days ago. They trailed number 5 Illinois by 2 earlier this week with a buck 43 left until Ayo Desumu buried a couple three-pointers. So this is a roster full of players that are struggling to shoot with any consistency which means this is another important task for Wisconsin here tomorrow in Evanston at Welsh Ryan Arena to try to figure out a way to play cohesive basketball, to get some confidence, to get some momentum moving forward, because if the Badgers don't win tomorrow, it is going to be a very, very long couple weeks as we try to wrap up this season and then turn our focus to Wisconsin spring football. For all the latest on Wisconsin football, basketball, and recruiting, log on to BadgerBlitz.com. Follow me on Twitter at TheBadgerNation and follow BadgerBlitz at Badger underscore Blitz. We'll be back next week, hopefully talking about a Wisconsin win at Northwestern, previewing Wisconsin, Illinois, and catching up on all the latest news around Badger country. Thank you, as always, for listening to the BadgerBlitz.com podcast. Have a great rest of your weekend. Stay safe out there, and we will talk to you soon.